Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Away podcast. I'm John Yamasato, your host. And I forgot my script today, so we're going to be going... Oh, we're winging it. All, all right, here we go. <laughs> all right, here we go. Wait, hold on, i got to turn it up. help you. Do you want to close your eyes because it helps you to concentrate? <laughs> no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll remember. Okay. You sure? So joining me today is Mr. Devin Nakoba. <laughs> oh, is it? He's already starting wrong because he I know, started with the wrong <laughs> person. <laughs> I normally do <laughs> Kyle Shimabukuro. How's it? <laughs> You can find the podcast. Oh, we're in trouble, man. <laughs> we're in so much trouble. You can Off find the podcast start. on uh, on <laughs> iTunes, YouTube, and something else. Apple Podcasts. And you can go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, if you want to help the show. Yes. We had another Ryan. We had Ryan from the UK. Hey! Who just up to be a oh, thank you, Ryan. Yeah, thank you Good very on much, you, Ryan. Mate. Thank you. And... and you know, this year we're getting T-shirts out to everybody, and even if you're wow, international, even in England, even I'm gonna get it there. Cool. We are committed to getting to slowboat to China. Yeah, get ready, might, Ryan. It's gonna be a little while. It might take a little while, but we'll we'll get it to you, everybody. So even we'll our be into international the third season by the time supporters. you get your shirt, but you'll yeah. get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, Koopa Koopa Landscaping. Thank you so much for being a sponsor. KoopaKoopaLandscaping.com. You can also go to FortRugerMarket.com. Yeah. Uh, we had a Fort Ruger Market earlier. I had the Plate A today, Kyle. You had the lechon, yeah. Yep, lechon plate. Oh, you got the lechon. Nice. Yeah, nice. So it was uh, delicious as always. Yes. Okay, so I guess I'm going to cut the intro short because I don't remember any of the rest. Uh, of make it. sure that you rate us on iTunes, please. Oh, uh, five, five star rating. If anything other than that, don't don't worry about it. It's I fine. I guess Devin is just telling you lie. Put five stars. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Because with the beginning <laughs> that you just heard, I thought you'd want to put us at five stars. But well, it's going to get better now because we have a special guest. Yes, okay. we do. So our special guest today is Mr. Calvin Kanha from Maui. What's up, guys? Calvin is a drummer originally, but he also produces music and he has a new album out right now called Reflection Rhythm, um, or Rhythm, I mm-hmm. should say, mm-hmm. which uh, features some pretty amazing artist he has a Sia Osi on there he has a couple of the Morgan yep. siblings yep and also Fiji and um some, some others other I, I don't have my notes so I don't have it all but I a mean a bunch of guys basically a, a compilation he, of he actually uh, did the album so you can actually ask him yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> <He'll> probably know <laughs> but um man you got all these big hitters on there and what I was impressed with was Calvin's production quality I mean it sounds like strictly full-on reggae like authentic reggae stuff mm. so we're going to get into that a little bit um talk a little maui talk since uh, i have my maui connections mm-hmm. now with my wife you want to show, wanna show off I, now. I feel <laughs> i feel legit now because okay. I, yeah cause, you know because you spent two weeks there last yeah, week. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well my wife not is playing. from maui yeah, so i can yeah, tell yeah, people yeah, not playing you maui by, for two you weeks maui by marriage right yeah, yeah yeah i'm i'm a maui native by marriage <laughs> you know what i did not play fortnite too much I while I was on Maui. Probably because you didn't have internet access. No, I had internet access, but <laughs> I didn't bring an extra television mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. So I'd have to play on the Nintendo Switch, and the screen is so small that the I can't... The fact that you had to bring a TV with yourself the last time well, makes I didn't me br- nervous, dude. That's I didn't bring pretty... A TV. I know, it's pretty dedicated, it's right? Pretty dead. No, it's real, I didn't bring what I bought a TV <laughs> while I was on Maui last well, year. Why wasn't the TV at the... Because I brought, I brought it home. I carried it home. Really? Yeah. I mean... Dude, have you seen TVs nowadays? They're mm. like ain't no thirty-six inch. Yeah, it's like it was a, it was a it just felt like a um a kind of skateboard or something. Yeah, but how big was the TV? Oh, I don't know, maybe twenty inches. Or oh, something. Okay. it's, it's oh, not a big okay. TV, but bigger than the switch screen for sure. Yeah. Why don't you just switch? leave it at the house? Because yeah, yeah, could have just. Yeah, I could have done that, <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted help, it for at home too. Father, 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 I mean, you know. All right, we're not here to interview me. We're here to interview Calvin. All right. So Kevin, you're born and raised on Maui. Yeah, born and raised uh, Wailuku Maui. Wailuku Maui. So how was that growing yep. up out in Wailuku? <laughs> Wailuku is an interesting place. It's very local out that side, right? Yeah, I I loved it. It's like for for us, like you know, it was a like we could this group of friends that we had, we could like you know go bicycle around town, and you know our parents wouldn't be like worried about us i mean back then i don't know how it is now but we could just you know meet up at somebody's house because our friends all you know live pretty close to each other so 
just meet up at somebody's house and go ride skateboards around mm-hmm. go McDonald's or whatever you know jump go swimming pool yeah yell, yell swimming pool or you know yeah I liked it it was just like like a small town vibe so it's like did you guys do a lot of fishing and hunting and surfing and stuff too? I wasn't a big fisherman or hunter but we did we were surfing a lot yeah. um, body started off bodyboarding in high school and then kind of got into like longboarding my friend started shaping boards out on Maui so we all got into longboarding so yeah. for you I mean how much has Maui changed as a person who's lived there their whole oh life? man it's it's pretty different like a couple times I got lost like especially like in Kahului it's mm. like hmm. there's a lot of new stuff in Kahului mm. Mm. Uh, when I was there for the holidays this past holiday season I was like dang it's like a bunch of new stuff coming up I had no idea I was here I mean it's cool but I, I mean I like being able to go back to Wailuku and kind of s- see it you know feel the same at least yeah. you know yeah. so I'm, yeah I'm I was, I was wondering about that because um, uh, Mayor Victorino right mm-hmm. he's uh, he's trying to make sure that there's a, a moratorium on hotels new hotels being built oh, really? so he signed oh, the ordinance yeah so he oh. he, he put in the ordinance <laughs> Uh, the uh, they passed it. They overrode his his veto, and then he well, something like the the mayor overrode what the um, the council did. Oh, so the council. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, I'll take that back. Let me rewind. The council put in something to do the moratorium. The mayor vetoed it, and then the council came back and said, No, no, no. We're going to put the moratorium in place. And the mayor feels like there's a different way to keep tourists from going. Because I got to say, all my friends who live on the mainland, where they want to go is Maui. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, like, they, don't even, they don't even stop here. I live here and go, brah, what's the visit, man? Yeah, what about that's what, Yeah, that's what we look forward to. And they're like, nope. Well, <laughs> just what's the, the difference? The attraction? Just the more, I, more na- nature? Or I think the more like laid back yeah. it, Maui is. Yeah. You know? But uh-huh. but it's laid back. But there's so much traffic now. Now I don't it's understand crazy. Like, how you even when I was there a few weeks ago for the holidays, like I was saying, it's like there's so many tourists on yeah, <laughs> yeah. on yeah. Maui. It's crazy. Like New Year's Day, um, we tried to drive around. We drove to four beaches trying to find parking, and I was like, this is nuts. Like the weather was like this, like today, perfect blue yeah. skies, no wind. So we're like, oh, okay, we'll go beach. And we're, yeah, we're driving around for like two hours trying to find a spot. And we're like, this is ridiculous. It's huh. sad when the, it the locals can't even find a spot. Yeah. And, you know, we went to Big Beach. Like, I grew mm. up going there yeah. and, you know, bodyboarding and body surfing. And we pull up and it's just like the most tourists I've ever seen. I'm like, oh, this is nuts. Yeah. yeah. So let's go back to like 2020. <laughs> like, no tourists. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was, that was awesome. You know, growing up in Maui, like, growing up on Oahu. We don't go to Waikiki. Mm-hmm. And I would think the equivalent of Waikiki in Maui is like Lahaina, right? Yeah. How yeah. often did you actually make a trip down to Lahaina growing up in Maui? Um, Kind of kind of a lot, actually. Really? Yeah. So it, it became normal to just kind of be with the tourists. Yeah. The street, so. um, like, we would go and surf, like, the more local surf spots. But then, like, when we wanted to go beach, we would go to, like, Black Rock. And, yeah, there was the most tourists you know on black at, at black rock but yeah we were okay with it i mean it, it was not anywhere near how it is now it must be a zoo now right? yeah well, i can imagine Kihei too right Kihei, Kihei yeah place. yeah that's where we were trying to oh. go and find a spot it was in Kihei, and we could not find any spot that's so crazy man. it's definitely noticeably different even after even in the past two years crazy difference yeah hmm. yeah. yeah oh yeah well, Devin remembers when you could find parking at lanikai and kailua because he lives from, he lives in that yeah, yeah. Oh. no can anymore it is it's crazy over there too now. Yeah. Yeah. it's mm-hmm. bananas they they just shut it down and you go oh okay thanks glad I live here yeah in this area <laughs> where I grew up going to the beach and now I cannot go it's, yeah it's kind of it's yeah but yeah, actually I mean Lanikai's got a whole different uh, problem because the sand is disappearing right so you, you go to Lanikai beach and you and it just drops off right there was beach oh. and now there is no beach it just it goes out and then poof and it just drops off into nothingness, and they would dump sand down, and then the sand just goes around. It just goes, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what happened, but somehow the they changed something about the the tides changed somehow, and so now it's just people losing 
we're losing sand all the, the beachfront but for us too is that same thing where all of a sudden in Kailua they're just taking them and they're dropping them off mm-hmm. and yeah. you know it's yeah. just huge buses of people just coming to this one area that used to be fairly pristine and yeah. you know we could go and the, the locals would go a lot and now not so much and again <laughs> we're not against tourists mm-hmm. we don't you know it, it's just I, I, I feel sad because the last time I was on Maui was, gosh, at least 15 years ago. And even then, it was, wow, there's so many tourists. It's mm-hmm. taking us. And they had the new highway that had just been put oh, in, yeah. right? Yeah, so everybody yeah. figures, oh, it's going to be cherry now. We're going to get around everywhere. Nope. Mm-hmm. It was just as bad because everything Wait, was... Wait, you going from Wailuka to Lahaina? Yeah, but it yeah. was all gridlocked. It was all gridlocked mm-hmm. with tourists. And uh, they keep coming in. And I'm like, okay, at some point in time... It's an island. You're going to reach a critical mass. Yeah. So I don't True. know that building more. And I'm sorry to take us off music. No, no, no. This is. Fine. I wanted to ask because you're we from Maui. Yeah. yeah, that that. Uh, I don't know that this is sustainable. Even the mayor himself is like, this isn't sustainable. We can't continue to um, just think we're going to build a hotel and it's going to add us more tourists if we don't figure out a way to add housing mm-hmm. so that people who live in Maui who are from Maui cannot live there to work so I, I don't know what that balance is I you really gotta don't. start treating it like Hanuma Bay when the parking lot yeah. gets footage drag the clothes <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry <laughs> drag it across the airport and run away going Hanuma too much turn around turn around you just gotta or, go back yeah I mean that's what they've been doing in Hanuma right they, they, yep. they yeah. close it down and say okay only locals yep. can come for a certain amount mm-hmm. of time yep. and for us that's good enough we can plan around that kind of stuff yeah yeah, right? yeah and it well, sucks too cause like I mean Waikiki gets a bad rap because it's you know because of the tourists but mm. with no tourists in Waikiki like that's a beautiful it place is. it's oh, so yeah. beautiful it yeah. and it's it's a shame that we have to take a back seat mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. you know the tourists because like you know just surfing there like with no tourists is just mind-blowing you yeah. know like oh yeah. my god this is crazy and then when they came back they're like oh man I cannot even find parking <laughs> to, I, I remember mean? this I part yeah <laughs> well so. what what blows my mind is uh so um i'll do a quick plug for myself here wait i'm getting wind in my uh mic but um on february 6th uh i'll be with jake and lopaka out in uh, kahilu theater on the big island oh cool so we're making the arrangements you know flying over and all that stuff and i thought oh i'll fly in i don't want to fly in and fly out so i'll stay one night and then fly out the next day so i'm looking at the hotels right whatever hotels are nearby and it's like a thousand dollars a night oh. for just one hotel. Like that's that's the bo- that's the baseline hotel room. Like that's crazy. How does anybody afford this? Like so, I'm thinking. Well, I'm just gonna fly out now because I know that the venue will cover the cost. But in in my brain and how I function, like I cannot see spending that kind of money on me. But doesn't a theater probably you know? might have a hookup for the guests? And maybe. The, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they have call. some kind of maybe thing. But I just think, boy. Well, th- and then I think, well, that's a room that they could be using to you know for someone who pays mm-hmm. i just feel bad for the venues well, or the whatever John, you know my family is all in hilo so if you need a place to stay you Hilo? let me know and i'll yeah. call my auntie and my well, uncle and they'll, they'll say john john yamasato needs a place to stay no we pushed the tent in the front yard for him yeah <laughs> they put you up at the house well, i don't no want to bother anybody at least at the hotel i don't bother anybody you know because the other place i could stay is blaine blaine's well, house yeah, blaine's place, he's yeah. right like down the street oh, yeah wind again dang it might have to put up the windscreen. The windscreen. Yeah. But yeah. But it, I, I just I was looking this morning and I was like, holy crap! Like I didn't realize how expensive it was. Well, we got two hotels, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you know that that aren't fleet bag hotels. So yeah, that's all you got. Imagine right? Mary Monarch coming up this year. Oh, that's oh, yeah. gonna be insane. Yeah. Especially because they haven't had it. Yeah. Right for the last two, three last years. Everybody's years. gonna want to go yeah. this yeah. year. That's for sure. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Okay. So, so Cal, let's get back to the music. <laughs> So when does the love for drumming come in? Like, um, that came at an early age. Um, I would say, what is sixth grade? Like 12, 13. 11, 12, 13. Yeah. Um, it started for my sister, actually. She was, uh, we both went to Yale school. She was four years older than me. So she, she played percussion in um, the Yale school band, seventh and eighth grade, I think, concert band. Okay. So, you know, I would always have to go to her concerts <laughs> or whatever. My parents would drag me and whatever. At first, I was like, whatever. But, I, you know, I started, like, zoning in on percussion just because my sister was up there, you know. Naturally, mm. I want to, like, watch her. And I don't know. It just, from there, I kind of was, like, 
when I get to sixth grade, I want to play percussions just like mm-hmm. my sister. Um, so sixth grade came and I we went. I joined concert band, and uh, Mr. Karaya was the um, band teacher, awesome teacher, like super awesome. Um, but joined sixth grade concert Wait, band. Baldwin or this is at um, Yao. Oh, yeah. There's a high school, Yao High School? No, this is um, intermediate. Oh, intermediate. Yeah. Sorry. And then, um, so yeah, sixth grade concert band. I kind of played every instrument. I had to, we had to make our rounds, you know, play trumpet, trombone, sax, whatever. So I played all of that and then was like waiting till I got on percussions because I knew I was going to like kill it. You know what I mean? Because, like, I would always be, like, the one in class, like, banging on my desk and, like, making beats on the desk, you know, with the pencils and stuff. Classic. And then, yeah, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I was in concert band and then uh, select band. I made select band two years. My sister was like, sixth graders don't make select band. Like, you're not going to make select band. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, yeah, okay, watch this. <laughs> so I made select band, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Um, and then, so concert band... Um, through middle school and then jazz band in high school uh, freshman oh, wow. year um, was okay I was like I could have done without it but it was cool it was a nice learning experience and throughout this whole thing you had a what age did you get your first drum set in your house shoot I think um, probably like 13 yeah yeah see it takes probably 13 in, in my view it takes special parents to buy a kid a drum set it does you know yeah. what I, mean? I every kid wanted a drum set when we were kids but we just never got it yeah you know? looking back now i'm like super grateful that my yeah. parents were so supportive of that because yeah. i remember like just it was basically like this but we, it had been closed in so i like you know my drum set out here just slamming drums <laughs> thank god our family you know my mom's great uncle was living next door so it wasn't they didn't bother him too much and we're kind of like a little spaced out but thank yeah. god because that like helped me like zone in and like hone my craft a lot yeah. so what yeah. was your uh what did you learn first i mean did you did you have to learn through lessons did you listen with a record and go okay this is what the beat is i mean that kind of stuff. um yeah the, so that all started um in intermediate school and in, mm. in band reading sheet music and stuff yeah. like that and then like during lunch recess like there was a kit off to the side that nobody was playing so we all of our friends were like oh let's go in lunch recess and like play around on the drum set oh nice mm. and then from there like mr karaya our teacher was like hey you should play you should like start doing this more and like he gave me more opportunities within the concert band recital to like play drum like the actual drum set yeah so that's definitely where it came lunch recess you know figuring it out lunch recess yeah it's so funny because um it for high sessions we got we got selected i guess we're going to be doing something with big island schools this year it's mm. going to be a, a contest and um we're going to be filming some of the students who are going to be flying out there and doing it was like a brown bag kind of thing kind of, kind of but it's more just like um they want to um promote the students to do things that you know not everybody is a scholar right yeah. yeah but they got a lot of kids that have other talents out there but there's not a lot of opportunities for stuff and so you know their their focus this year is like find your passion follow your passion and also mm. they're bringing us in is we're, we're one part of it you know and um it's an opportunity to you know go through the whole process of filming and recording and all that kind of stuff but when I think about, so yesterday we did a Zoom with a bunch of uh, Big Island teachers because we're explaining who we are and what the, what the whole project is. We don't have the actual contest details yet, but the whole idea, you know, was, was the, the thing. But I was telling the teachers, you know, um, I didn't tell them exactly this. I'll be a little bit more detailed on the podcast, but there was a teacher at a Kaiser and he liked to play. And if you talk to Tavana or Mike Love, because he came a little after I was kind of on my way out, he used to have Tavana and Mike Love in his class during recess and lunchtime, and they would play, and they would. All the kids need is a space that's, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, conductive to to music, because a lot of times they go home and they either don't have equipment. Why weren't you in that same classroom though? 
Oh, uh, this is like he he came my After senior was, year, yeah. so I was on mm. my way out. John oh, John was yeah. already famous. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I was leaving <laughs> already. You know, Burehart was already on the ascent, so he didn't and need that tiny celebrity. little classroom. No, yeah. no, no, no. But I also think he came like halfway mid. So come on, when you're a senior in high school. Once you hit January and you got your college you go into and stuff already, mm. your, your brain is like, you're not out. even, yeah you're, checked out. yeah, you're not even there half the January, time. January, dude, yeah. mine was off when we started school. Yeah, I had senioritis <laughs> the first year. day. Senioritis was bad. I'm lucky I made it out of school. <laughs> oh, dude. But. So my parents don't listen to this, so I can, I can, I can tell the story. <laughs> but I used to, so what would happen is uh, if, if you cut first period, a lot of times you came during a recess, yeah. you wouldn't get a call. The school wouldn't call home. If you just missed that class, so I'd skip my first period a lot, and I would go to the beach. But then uh, one time, my mom, um, she somehow found out, and she called and she's like, "Are you at school?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "Your car's not there." Oh, I was no. like, <laughs> "I was like, oh, I I parked in the back of school today, <laughs> the other parking lot." <laughs> oh, so did she buy it? I don't know. I don't know if she ever bought it. But wow, I never thought you were the delinquent. Yeah, this wow. skip yeah. school. Wow, John, Damn. you rebel. I, but you. that was were you at Sandy like Beach I in the bathroom smoking cigarettes? No, too? I mean, I, <laughs> I was at Sandy Beach, but I wasn't in the the bathroom. Oh, I, okay. in the I thought she would have said. Why does it sound like waves? <laughs> yeah. so what is that noise? Well, well, no, I picked up the phone after I got out of the water. I, I'm not going to have my phone in the water. Well, yeah, I know. Right. Okay. Yeah, and see, and this is why when Kyla and I were going to school, it was a better time because yeah, there was yeah. no way to reach us. <laughs> we didn't have oh, cell yeah, phones. Yeah. So when we went to school, we le- we went to school yeah. <laughs> and we were gone and there was no calling us like where are you or any of that shit well, we did we just, have beepers though. i had i had yeah, a beeper. we had beepers yeah. I, had I remember beeper. i had my sister's hand me down beeper yeah. 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 yeah yeah but you know but you know answer them in yeah oh well well you gotta you gotta look at it and go well is this worth a quarter at the payphone in school you know? <laughs> yeah like, that can wait yeah i can wait <laughs> yeah so uh, going back to the to the music stuff um is the fact that you read music because i I don't know. I don't know a lot of artists that read music, that can sight read music, that can, you know, you can sit down at a drum set. Right. And Me make now, up. I cannot. Well, but before. Before, before yeah, yeah. Right. So would your recommendation be to kids who want to get into percussion to do that? Because my, my son took lessons. I took lessons, but I, I basically sat down at a drum set, listened to Beatles songs and mm-hmm. the Who songs. I went, oh, shit, what do I do? Right. right? Whereas um, my son learned from... Uh, Scott Schaefer, who did more so, like, you know, marking it out. Mm-hmm. Here's your hi-hat. Here's your bass drum, all that stuff. Would you recommend that route if you're trying to learn how to play yeah, drums? Yeah, definitely. It's it's a good... Having that skill is very useful, mm. um, especially if you're trying to do it, you know, as a Professional, career. Right, yeah. um, it's a plus. It's not needed, but it's a plus. I mean, it depends what type of music you're going into. You know, obviously, mm. like, if it's a jazz... Thing, they'll be like here's the charts yeah if they did that to me i'd be like, mm, I, don't know. <laughs> like I don't know if you guys seen drumline but when he was yeah. memorizing uh-huh. the audition pieces yeah. like i literally did that for my sixth grade select band year oh really i memorized the audition piece <clears throat> and then i got in because i played it well and like when the teacher was like okay play this part i was like because it was on the bells, yeah. like with all the notes, you know. I'm like, this is like overwhelming. Like I couldn't do it. So he gave me the part. I was like, and he's like, you better go home and do your homework. I was like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> Ouch. Did you did you find that you had a natural talent for rhythm though? Yeah. As a young at a young age. Yeah, yeah. And I was the one like you know, typical pots and pans mm-hmm. on the desk and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, I always it it came natural to me. Um. So I kind of just kept just kept going and then when i got onto the drum set i was like okay this is like a whole nother world now you know know, as a kid you're like looking up to these well you know what's crazy is nowadays they have these really good electronic Mm -hmm. drum sets Mm -hmm. yeah so you can you can get by with you know kids got it easy now like they don't have to convince their parents because of the noise you just plug in the earphones yeah. and you're, you're done and you know? like now they can learn everything on YouTube like yeah. I, cu- I couldn't do that when yeah, I was, you can buy it wasn't that when I was growing up you know so the, everybody that's coming up now is like so advanced yeah. mm-hmm. it's like they watch one YouTube video and they can do all these crazy things and I'm like <laughs> yeah okay I'm just gonna quit playing drum now <laughs> like this a, kid is like three and he's like killing me you can buy like a electronic drum set at Costco for like a couple hundred yeah, bucks to yeah. just get started. I'm sure, like you know? said, the parents are like, "Yes, yeah." But then you hear, tuck, tuck, 
That's better they than the full set than the full in the thing. garage. They used to drive, used to drive my, my wife crazy. She's like, are you done doing whatever it is that you're doing? Because you're <laughs> making a lot of noise and I can still <laughs> hear you. Because <laughs> like with a, with a regular drum set, you can throw pillows on it. You yeah. Do, you know what I mean? You can deaden it to a... To a like they, had these, uh, they used to have these little pads that you yep. could buy, right? Like neoprene pads. Yeah. So you yep. place them down. And then they really can't hear anything. Like mm-hmm. you just banging on stuff but with with the pads now it's and if you suck if you suck it really is very 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 bad so who was the drummer that you wanted to be when you were a kid who was your biggest influence probably Lars Ulrich from Metallica wow yeah when I started in in middle school it was like metal like Slipknot Metallica like that kind of you know double bass yeah exactly had to get the double yep. bass pedal yep. yeah i was all about it back then like metal and rock and stuff and then slowly kind of like transitioned into reggae like i didn't want to play reggae i thought it was like corny or whatever yeah um but my mom was like oh my my coworker's son is starting this band um if you want to join i was like no nah, not really she's like no you should come <laughs> just i was like okay whatever <laughs> And then I came, and then from there on, it was like reggae, like it's such a, everything. But reggae is such a steady beat, yeah. You know, compared to like rock and roll and metal and stuff like that. It is. Every once in a while, you just let loose <clears throat> it in the middle of a set or anything like that. I'm All of a sudden, a Metallica, a Metallica <laughs> fill, double like, bass whoa. drum, everything. Yeah. I no, I'm I'm more of like a a groove player. Like yeah. I I love. I mean, back then I was like <clears throat> all about crazy fills and playing fast or whatever yeah. but that that got old once i kind of got a taste for reggae it was the groove that caught me first mm. you know like f- hearing that first groove i was like oh man it's kind of infectious you know and then mm-hmm. since then i was known i'm still known as the player who just is in the groove in the pocket the mm. whole time not so much flashy like i can once in a while when the music calls for it yeah but i'm i don't want to take away from the band i like the sound of the band more than just me mm. so i'm typically playing more like just groove just heavy groove and then like once in a while when the music calls for it I'll, then i'll like do some crazy do stuff. you remember that first reggae song that turned you on to i it? was trying to think of that and i i cannot i can't think it was probably like a mixed cd or something uh. in like in high school that was passed around through all our friends but i, I don't think i can remember like one specific song how did the learning reggae as a beat a, like sort of a beat formation um, change how you approach the set because you can't you know you can play rock and roll and, and Lars Ulrich and mm-hmm. do all that stuff mm-hmm. and then you move to a, a more groove based sound I mean did it cause you to strip away what you're doing and say okay I just need to hit this pocket and I'm okay because I mean even even in a Slipknot song there's a pocket yeah. that you hit it's yeah. just you're going 900 miles an hour with your feet yeah. and your arms right whereas whereas reggae it's uh, the, the, the feel is different so mm-hmm. w- were you stripping things away or I think it kind of it kind of came naturally just mm-hmm. I was more like yeah I could read music but I'm more of like just listen and mm-hmm. just mimic what I hear so a lot a lot of it was like like i said that cd that was passed around in high school just listening and zoning in and then just trying to mimic that Mm. and then that kind of just stuck with me like i'm just and i think the people that i played with back then like kohumua um we kind of would have like four hour rehearsals just like Mm. 20 minutes just one song so i would like just drilled in my head to like just stay on the groove you know but That's cool. Yeah, I feel like it came natural. That's just how you get good, ladies switch. and gentlemen. Yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Four practice, practice. Yeah. That's what makes it. Yeah. Now, how did you transition then into production? Um, I kind of, I kind of always was in production, but not like releasing stuff. You know, just messing around on GarageBand or whatever. Um, I had produced some stuff for the band that I was that I used to tour with a lot in a vision for Maui. Oh yeah. Um. I produced a bunch of stuff for them and then it was it was always like balancing time between being on the road touring six months out of the year and then um coming home and producing but it was always like i could never totally focus on producing until like 2020 where all of my shows got canceled 
all my tours got canceled i was supposed to you know go out of the country and play with all these artists and that all got shut down so i kind of just returned to that and just zoned back in on producing um mixing and mastering too i was like super like afraid of doing that of mixing especially it's so technical you know mm -hmm. so i forced forced myself to learn mixing and I actually mix my own that that reflection riddle i mix myself oh nice um and then i had my buddy noah cronin master for me at c major seven but yeah it just there's nothing else to do so i'm just like okay well i'm getting unemployment <clears throat> excuse me i'm getting unemployment so i'm just going to use this money invest in myself and the studio bought some you know bought a desk and some nice equipment and started producing yeah just and who is your first call because you have a ton of major <clears throat> artists on that on that cd who do you call first the first one i called <clears throat> probably was chelsea because him okay. and i are super close like we are constantly in communication yeah um and he was like yeah like you should you should definitely continue this um and my manager i think that's how i got signed to greenstone okay um i sent that song the original song to boog's manager watts um and he was like he wanted to buy it from me and i was like yeah I, if if watts wants to buy one of my songs then i probably shouldn't sell it mm. <laughs> you know because i would i was always trying to like get boog on stuff because i had like i'm his like international drummer okay. <clears throat> so whenever he goes out of the country i i jump on and play or fill in and then yeah i've been always trying to get him so i sent it to his manager and he's like you should do you know you should do something with this i'm like yeah i was thinking about making a jamaican style juggler rhythm mm -hmm. which is basically the same song but different artists mm -hmm. sing over it um and it's like a jamaican in style like the dj sound system culture well they're, they're like you know djs would have on one on one deck you know song one of that of that rhythm and then they would mix it into the second artist but the same it'll be the same rhythm but they would just be juggling back and forth mm. between this artist and this artist and oh. whoever had the best you know whoever had the best song basically you that's know what, what I mean? you do here like a lot of times it's like oh this is the same same basically song. underlying track but yeah. they're singing a different melody over that track yeah yep i didn't know that was a thing i thought just yeah. people just was like oh i like that that melody i mean that right the baseline the so i just yeah. grabbed the same baseline right but it's, yeah it's actually a thing mm -hmm. yeah huh. it's a big yeah it's a huge part of their culture juggling culture and dj sound system culture um yeah interesting yeah hmm. i didn't know that so you were recording this during covid mm-hmm do you guys do everything remotely then? Or yeah. Is it secret sessions? Oh, no, yeah, work? we did every Because I was, I was, and still am pretty, like, um, cautious with uh -huh. the whole COVID thing. So I was, like, doing Zoom sessions. And a lot of people have, like, like myself, like, now they have home studios, you know. And so I would just send them the track. And then they would, you know, send them, send me their files of their vocals or whatever. And then we'd kind of go back and forth. Mm. Um, but, yeah, everything is done remote. That's what kind of you yeah. kind of wanted to dip into re for high sessions, right? Yeah, mine's a little different though. We wanted to do video though, so um, like so we would film Calvin playing the drums. Then we would film, you know, Devin singing the vocal, and then when the video comes out, it'll just be Windows, mm. right? And so just have everybody in there. Mm. So it'd still be kind of interesting, but it'd be a way to do it. And to be honest, it was not because of COVID. It was more because this little project I'm thinking of doing by myself. Mm. So instead of me like setting up for a full band, if I have Calvin come over, I just got to set up one, one thing, track one thing, and mm -hmm. then the next week. So it's, it's, it's going to take a longer time to get something done, but it'll be done piecemeal. They could also do it in their own studio, right? Yeah. But we, need, we need to run film the video. You're not going to run out of patience to do it? You get it, like three it, in it's, and go it's like, possible. Dude, you might get bored fast. Too much. This is taking too long. It's too much work. I just want to play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. The thing is, okay, so it's just that we have this space, right? And it was supposed to be yeah. a Twitch studio. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I go there every Thursday because Dave and I and everybody, we all have dinner. And I'm not the type of person that can just show up and just eat. 
and hang. Like I gotta have some kind of task to do. We know that. Yeah, we <laughs> so, know this. So if I, so that was my thing. Like, oh, maybe I'll call like a friend to come in and I'll film just one person, mm. and that that'll take a, you know an hour, and then I can go to the have dinner and then you know be social after that. But yeah, I'll feel really weird if I just show up and not do anything. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now you know, yeah. Kevin, when you need somebody to play a whole bunch of shit, maybe sing, just call him. He'll <laughs> <laughs> come in and lay it all down. You can do it remotely. Yeah, It'll yeah, be yeah. great. Um, I was curious, too. You know, when you're putting together your system, mm-hmm. uh, your recording system, what what was your, um, like, what did you go to? What was your go-to? What did you first start with? Okay, I, I need to get this as far as equipment goes, and this is as far yeah, as equipment Yeah, what are you recording? You know, I'm like, what do you have in too. your in your set um, I mean this because obviously question. this isn't your perfect setup because your perfect setup would probably cost 900 million dollars oh, yeah, but, sure. <laughs> but I mean what you have now but it sounds so good yeah we're going to put so a good. link to the album on yeah. the Spotify and you'll hear it cool. it sounds great so what is the what was the secret sauce that you think that you used um a lot of it is software based um but I have two Dian Audio three-way monitors mm-hmm. that helped me a lot in the mixing process. I had the JBL LSR 308s or whatever. Um, just a, a two-driver. Um, but I feel like these my are, mix is... These are speakers. Yeah. yeah. I feel like... The, for our audience. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. yeah. For all the techies <laughs> out there. In case they're like, what? <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> but the three-way monitors helped me like zone in on my mixing a lot. Mm. And I think that helped with the you know the sound of it um a lot of it people like think that reggae recording reggae is super complicated but a lot of it is it comes from the actual tone of the instrument Mm. not so it's not really that as processed as people think Mm. you know like for the guitar it's me it's just literally uh, les paul with the wah that's it for the guitar chop and you know guitar mutes or whatever and you're just miking it or this is straight in straight in yeah straight in wow. um yeah to my apollo uh mm. twin uh, it's super simple the apollo twin is the um preamp that is like a preamp interface okay yeah, from universal audio hmm. wow like yeah. how long did it take for you to put together all these things um not not super long um a few months maybe yeah, it's, oh, that's it's, it? yeah, it's not it's not like a crazy setup. It's mm. it's a really like minimal setup, but I can pretty much do everything except record drums. Yeah. But for the drums, I had done I had done those parts a little while ago um at a friend's studio. So, I have access to Noah Cronin's studio at um in Kalihi Valley, C major 7. Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of people rolled through there. Um and then at the time Blue Planet, I had a friend that was working there, Jules um that i had went in there for another i had somebody hired me to record drums previously and then since i was there i was like hey i got this i got this reflection rhythm thing um that i want to try and record since we're here is like, yeah so i just like did it in like one take or whatever and wow. then and yeah i kind of just used used that that drum take for the for hey, the wait, wait 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 <laughs> yeah and no click track just uh, set yeah, down click. The, with a click yep. okay because i was thinking if you're doing it in one take, bro, I was hoping you're using the click because yeah. you got to, right? It has to be specifically timed, yeah. right? Yeah, there's definitely, you got to stay on the click. Yeah, for sure. But I've, I I like to practice yeah. with the click and that's another good tip for ah. young drummers. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're having the timing down. Like my nephew is just starting to get into drums and my sister and I bought him a drum set. So like we were saying, like he's got his drum set in his room. <laughs> pounding away wow. so my sister is like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> what but she you know she she, she knows it, what it's she like, knows what it's yeah, like. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah we're all stoked for him yeah. but he, he loves it but i tell him all the time practice with the click because that click is gonna if you want to do if you want to actually do it the click is gonna make you money like that can is you, can you explain what a click is guys so it's like when you're recording, it's the it's like the tempo track that keeps you on. But on it's like beat. a metronome. Can it's like a metronome. Can you yeah. download it now? Is it virtual metronomes now? You it's, can, it's already yeah. built into the. It's already built into the recording program, but they have apps now that it's a click app. So you just yeah. tap it and it's just click, click, click. How was it done in the olden days? Use a metronome. An actual, yeah, old school yeah, metronome. That, that, that thing that goes yeah. back yeah. and forth. Yeah. yeah. Or or you could be like Lars Ulrich and not play to a click track at all. Yeah, and that's why people would complain about Lars Ulrich and the way that he would play because they because he would go a lot of guys would go off feel mm-hmm. and you go off feel 
and that means you feel really fast yeah. and yeah. you feel kind of slow mm-hmm. and the and the and the tempo is kind of all over the place and with the it's been interesting because over the years click track started as this thing of oh my god i can't believe i have to play the click track yeah and now it's become industry standard where mm-hmm. even if you're a really gifted drummer you play to a click track because it, it gives you a home base to come back to yeah so you know you can you can play your solos or whatever but then you know where to come back to whereas guys before would be like that's not enough feel to the drums yeah. you're like yeah but if you get off your field and the guitarist doesn't know where we're supposed to be going, yeah, the exactly. bassist who's supposed to be with you is going, where the hell are mm. we in this song? And it's surprisingly, even within the the like confinement of the click, you can still push and pull a little bit mm-hmm. to give it that feel, but still playing within the click. You know, there's at, at times people will push a little bit and then pull back, but you're still, you know, on the click. That's a, even like, playing live well, they, shows they now have too. programs now that when you so there's this thing called quantizing where mm-hmm. you take you take drum beats or whatever and the computer will line it all up so that they're perfectly on the mm-hmm. time okay, so the but there's com- there's programs now that make it a little bit not perfect mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah because so i think that's like I think a that real if you make real. it too perfect people go well that's Ooh. what I, it's too robotic yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and you can definitely tell especially with reggae so mm. you're saying something about playing with that live too yeah a lot of a lot of um artists are using backing tracks live mm-hmm. and you know running off a laptop like an ableton session or whatever where you have all your um you know if it's like a sl- i've played with bands that it's just drum, bass, and vocal, and then all the other parts are in the backing track. So that you need to stay on time for that. So too. the backing track is more like just a thickening effect of what yeah. you're actually doing live. Or, or some people, you know, like they want to tour, but they don't have the budget to bring horns and two keyboard players and you know five guitar players. So they'll put that in the backing track. That way, they can at least sound full on stage. But then you know have a slim crew. You know that way everybody can survive on the that road. That was that was Aaron. Yeah. I, yeah. In a, I was in a band with yeah, him yeah, yeah. where he did that where it was we mm-hmm. would sit down and it would be like four of us and then you hear and all of a sudden horns are coming from yeah. here and there's an extra bass over here there was, and he basically said okay the vocals will be like natural naturally done because it was like Christy Ching singing who yeah. never sings an off note yeah. um, and really then it, but all the other stuff was added in and so it would just be like like vocal thickening like almost. a mm-hmm. karaoke track Basically, no, yeah, could, basically, could, but yeah, yeah. yeah but it's but like he different. was saying, there's there's enough room where musicians, like professional musicians, can actually make little subtle changes yeah. to mm-hmm. stuff, and right? then get back into it, and then get back yeah. to the thing. Got but it. it's it's weird, and as a, I think for the professional musicians, it's been it a bit to of be an adjustment. Down upon. Yeah, 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 yeah totally, totally, totally. That's yeah. why, yeah, it's it's totally. fascinating to hear you talk about it in that well, way. Well, it's kind of like that like, yeah. that um, Ashley Simpson debacle on right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, before, um, when I was on tour with Innovision, one of our keyboard players, like, pulled out the last second. So we were, like, scheduled to do, like, a full band thing. But now we were, like, we didn't have the rhythm player. So, like, I had to, like, build all the tracks, like, a week prior to tour. Wow. Because it's, like, we like we need to be on this tour because it was, like, a nice, like, I think it was a two-month tour mm. in the, like, nationwide. So we're like, we got to do this. So I got to figure out a way. So I was like, what if I just build all the, put all of his keyboard tracks in in the computer and play off of that. And when we started doing that, like people were kind of like hating a little bit, you know, like it's where's the keyboard player or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like this is like they're faking it or whatever. But nowadays, like almost every band plays with live tracks it's crazy like even in my lifetime it's changed so drastically you know what i mean now it's like all the pop guys are doing it even like local local bands like really? everybody's mm-hmm. running tracks but yeah. it's now the track is minus the vocal or even with the vocal nowadays some people too? um you can minus whatever you want usually whatever players we have on stage will just minus that out of the track but some um, a lot of vocalists will put in their doubles or their harmonies and stuff like that. But they'll just take out the leads. Yeah. Mm, Justin was saying that bands nowadays on the mainland they're using pitch correction mm-hmm. live. Yeah. Live, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, live. That's it's crazy. crazy. That's like borderline cheating that. to me, though. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Or like, if you look at like the back end of James Taylor and stuff like, like oh, that. Oh yeah. That, you know. Yeah. That's what you appreciate. Yeah. That they didn't have all that. You know. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, there's a band that I play with now through the roots from San Diego. They, 
we use auto tune, but it's more so as an effect oh, because yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like that, um, those like trap <laughs> trap artists or whatever. Like, like they ten, have. Like ten feet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm sure they got crap for that. You know, back in the day, like oh, auto tune, but it's like we're using it more as an artistic tool. Yeah, they created a sound from it. Yeah, like yeah, a distortion That's on your his, guitar. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah, so like it it can be done tastefully when people. It's very easy to get carried away and like put everything in the track, and then you're just like, well. I'm just listening to the record, you know what I mean? I yeah. want to hear the actual instrument. So it's like a fine like line between you know, tasteful and just like overbearing. But yeah. But playing really to that click, you got to stay on that click, you know what I mean? Or else it's so noticeable if yeah. you mess up. Like the song is going this way and you're going this way and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> and the crowd is like, "Cheaters." <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you're playing live, um uh, are you are you wearing an inner ear? Yep, yep. And then do you have the click in there, or do you yep, have? Yep, I got everything oh, in there. Okay. Yep. Usually. Wow. Yeah, I think every everybody, if everybody's on ears, I, I at least will be on ears, um, but usually everybody will be on ears, so they yeah. have the click and they got the slate in there too, which is like you know chorus or like pre-chorus coming up or whatever, like punches over here. You know, what oh, I mean? wow. you could you could do all that stuff. It's a it's yeah. just a trip how people enjoy music nowadays because back then I would watch a live concert to see the little little changes mm-hmm. and the little kind of live performance glitch right you know like you'd want to see Axl Rose on stage get kind of drunk and see what's going to happen on the next song you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. or the doors you know like Jim Morrison strung out on something and singing and you're like yeah. where is this going to go this is going to be interesting mm. because it's just not the same concert right. every, every single, single time night. you go yeah. you know yeah. but times change well I guess, for me you know? I just uh if I were in Calvin's band, I'd be so appreciative because for me, my whole thing is always like, what's the least amount of stuff I got to carry? You know? And if I got to bring a computer now, I got to hook that yeah. up. And yeah, John so like, based everything about his life about convenience. So yeah. Convenience. One day so you I play have my guitar. guitar. <laughs> well, shit, man. I got ukulele players I play with. They're even worse. Well, maybe not all of them, but because Jake has a freaking suitcase he brings yeah. in there, oh, his pedals yeah. and stuff. But yeah. oh, a lot of times I'm like, you know, Herb, he gets in the, on the plane and he puts his ukulele up top and he's sitting there, you know. That's you know, it? Nothing, well, that's right? Herb. That's just one thing. Herb's yeah. old school. Well, for you, John, when you play your guitar, what kind I just of have a delay. A delay? That's it. So nice. I have one pedal that I no carry. No preamp, I, nothing. Well, now DI. I carry a preamp. But, but before, <laughs> I used to just do the delay. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. But even the preamp is only a little thing so it all fits in the guitar bag that goes oh, yeah. on the my back small, again, again it's smaller too big, you wouldn't so take it to carry stuff around if, 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 it, if it was too big i would have figured a way around it yeah i'd be like yeah. okay Not even use it right i'll just get there early and talk to the sound guy hey can you turn this up and do it <laughs> yeah yeah i definitely carry the most stuff hands down like i mean just being a drummer alone you have yeah, all yeah. these things but now the playback rig the interface you know all the cabling and stuff it's like takes takes a long I, time i just think about all the so i mean going back to aaron kimura he and i used to just argue all the time mm-hmm. because he would do the quantizing thing with the drums and i'd say it sounds like a freaking robot mm-hmm. yeah. like everything is so perfect it yeah. doesn't have any like no feel there's no wiggle room it, you know there's no wiggle room the song the song ends when the song ends Mm-hmm. Right, and yeah. there's no like extending past that because, and he would tell us that we'd get up and we go, "What about this?" He goes, "Nope, the song yeah. ends right here. Yeah. It's yeah. coming up and it's ending. Yeah. And once it's done, we're done." And you go, "All right." But now people fine. do it, and then we had a drummer who had played with the pads. Yeah. But this mm-hmm. is 2001, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it sounded like freaking electronic drums like it just yeah. sounded like there was no like kick to it you didn't you're on stage you didn't feel anything because mm-hmm. it's, yeah. all you're hearing is whatever's coming through the speaker right yeah but so now I, you got Capenna with a big box who yeah. comes NPC. up on stage he yeah. plays and, and you go like, freaking holy great. shit he plays and everything with his fingers yeah it's even everything his, with his even finger. his boy yeah, yeah. it's just and crazy. he's yeah. doing fills and all kind of stuff and I'm like bro how just are you just super casual yeah like, and it's like he's not even paying attention you just go really He's one of he's another guy that's crazy talented. So yeah. <laughs> when you're in concert and you bring your drum set, is it a full on Neil Peart style drum where you just spin around in a circle, <laughs> and, or, or is it just a, upside down? Yeah, you go upside down and, and spin, or how, um, what, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty light. I would say it's just a five piece kit. Okay. I mean, oh, that's nice. Six piece if I if I you know want to be all bougie and stuff, but <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. My my kit here is just a simple Yamaha five piece kit maybe like three or four symbols um for reggae you don't need a whole lot yeah, you know yeah. of stuff 
Um, and then my mainland kit is pretty much the same thing. Yeah. So I got a kit here, and then I have one on the oh, mainland. So nice. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to get into how you get to become an international drummer, but we're coming to the point of the podcast right now where we ask a question to all of our guests. <laughs> if you were stranded on a desert island for the rest of eternity, you could only take three albums with you, not three greatest albums. hits albums. What three albums would they be? Hmm. Hmm. Metallica. I think <laughs> I yeah. I think um I think it was it was a Metallica one. Uh S and M I think. It was the oh, one they yeah, did with yeah. the Symphony. The Symphony, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of like the Symphony. Yeah. That, that, that was me. crazy. And they had yeah. the DVD with it too. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I was like constantly watching that over and over and over that and over. That kind of ties in all your roots right there. Yeah. 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 Um so that probably probably one of that that mix cd from high school i don't know what was on it but that cd was yeah heavy the, the, the one that got you the one that got me hooked yeah, okay. um that one and probably huh i don't know i would probably do like a hawaiian music one maybe like kyoho or something just to kind of like wow to break up you eradicated the, re- the reggae right choice Huh? Did you, did you tell him not to choose a reggae album? No, no, I didn't say that. If you had to bring a one reggae album, then. one but reggae he said, album. He said the mixtape. That that was all reggae. It was all, it was it was all yeah, mix. Oh, yeah, it was all reggae. Um, oh. Probably Bob. Okay. Yeah, just because you can you can listen to that over and over and over and just hear new things every time. Mm. Yeah, I think I think those three. Okay. Yeah. The drum and bass thing on on reggae music, man. There's once they get into that groove, you're just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. And it's, I, I know that for a while, uh, reggae music was thought to be really sort of like we were talking about, right? The beat is always the same. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. When, when you've got the, the right bassist and the right drummer together, yeah. hey man, there's a... I went to see the B-52s in concert once. They have the same beat on every song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. like... <laughs> Love Shack, right? And he goes, Oh yeah. Check, I was like, Oh my God, this guy's rock lobster. Rock lobster. Yeah. Exact same beat every single time. That's true. You seen them in concert? Yeah. Where was that at? It was in San Diego. It was for a um a real estate convention. They played. Wow. Yeah. So every year we. That's cool. When we were with a national company. Weird band to have for a real estate convention. Dude, dude. So Prudential National, like. We'd have this convention every year. I would only go like when it's in Las Vegas or West Coast or whatever. Mm. But they had Cheryl Crow. They had one year I went. It was Jerry Seinfeld. He came and did comedy for everybody. Okay. Um, the Beach Boys, B fifty twos. They gave us all tickets. Everybody tickets to the Celine Dion show at the. the Vegas John, I th- oh, uh, yeah. Kyle, I think we yeah. need to do like a high sessions. Uh, you know, at one of his things. <laughs> So convention do like the concert. podcast yeah I go free concert <laughs> we should yeah. just all be realtors no I don't want to do that that's too much work <laughs> Get the good yeah, that was like parties. the highlight yeah. of being with a national brand yeah. we're not with a national brand anymore so we don't oh, to do that oh, so you got, oh bummers yeah but it was kind of cool like yeah we'd have all these cool speakers and yeah anyway. oh interesting. interesting okay so we're gonna break for our Patreon I- I'm not gonna say what it is because I gotta talk to Devin about Devin had a request, but I don't know if we're going to do it, so I don't want to commit to it I didn't now. think we were going to. It but was a suggestion for the I 100th practiced. show. Not for I this practiced. Oh, you oh, did? Oh, good right. man. But we'll see. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, we'll see you all later. Thanks. Thank you, Cal, for coming Thanks in. Thanks for having me. See you next week.